What's up, everybody? It's another week and another episode of the Dwight Chocolate NBA podcast. We've got some teams that are steadily swimming. Um, despite project- early projections that they were going to be terrible teams, we're looking at the Detroit Pistons and the Orlando Magic. Um, we also got some teams that we thought were going to get off to some hot starts and are actually a little bit are struggling to keep keep afloat. Cleveland Cavaliers and Oklahoma City Thunder. What are your thoughts on these? Pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough for some of these yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into more detail on it later, but that's why we play the season, man. This is why we don't just sim it like a like a GM mode in NBA 2K. We, we play the games, and these guys got to earn their way to the playoffs. Yeah, they totally do. Um, so just to kick off, I got a trivia question here. Um, I'm not, I don't know if you can get this one, but let's see it. So as you know, this week was also election week. So some people were filling out their ballots, voting for state legislators or mayors or whatnot. But I actually didn't know that. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but Aww. not only did professional athlete, professional politicians get votes, but there was also an NBA player that received a vote for mayor. Any guesses on who this Whoa. might be? Uh, <laughs> I want to go with J.R. Smith. <laughs> J.R. Smith? Oh, I wish it was him, but it's actually the unicorn, Christoph Porzingis, also known wow. as the Eastern Conference player of this week. Dude, he is becoming a legend in New York. <laughs> Overnight, man, these, these first 10 games that he played, man, they love him now. He is owning the spotlight. What a turnaround for a guy that got booed on draft night, um, and now was a write-in ballot for, that somebody took a, snapped a picture of it, posted it on Instagram as proof that he wrote Christoph Porzingis in for his vote <laughs> for New York City mayor. Uh, so, somewhere in some retirement home, Phil Jackson's sitting with a bowl of porridge, just smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But otherwise, in hard news, we got Eric Bledsoe, who finally has found a new home. I guess it didn't take as long as I thought it was going to take. Um, it was pretty quick, but he's off to the to the Milwaukee Bucks um, in exchange for Greg Monroe, a, sec- a protected first round and second round pick. Um, what's your first reaction to this, Sean? What are your thoughts? So we saw Eric Bledsoe had a chance to go to the Bucks. Uh, I thought the deal would include Malcolm Brogdon in mm-hmm. it. I think it's interesting that Greg Monroe was the guy. And then they threw in two picks. So I feel like they got a pretty good return on a guy that everybody knew that they were just trying to get rid of. I'm sure they got a lot of low ball offers from a lot of teams. Greg Monroe, he's still a decent player. Yeah, He's a good center. But, I mean, Eric Bledsoe brings so much more to the Bucks. Like... You have to think they won this trade. And it's just the Suns continue to just get a bunch of mediocre pieces. Because, like, a first, second round pick with from the Bucks, like, what are the odds of those panning out into good players? Pretty low, I would say. Yeah, and the protection is pretty, at least on the first rounder. So here's how the protection works. So the first, so the 2018 perfection, the Suns get the Bucks pick if it falls anywhere between 11 to 16. And if they don't get it there in 2019, they'll get it anywhere between if it falls between four to 16. If it falls out of there, then in 2020, it's got to land somewhere between eight to 30. And if for some reason they still don't get get it there (laughs) in 2021, it finally becomes unprotected. So there's a good chance if Giannis continues playing the way they do, the the Suns might not get actually get their hands on this first round pick until maybe 20 till 2020. Yeah, 2020. Man. Yeah, I guess this is why these types of trades take so much longer than us just throwing guys into a ESPN trade simulator. Yeah. Like these picks are insane. Like I don't know how they negotiate these types of numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they get Greg Monroe back, and there's already talks of them potentially just buying him out and letting him become a free agent. So in that case, you literally really aren't getting much in return. Um, and you give up a guy who last year averaged 21.1 points, 6.3 assists, and 4.8 rebounds. I'm um, not bad for a guy who stands at 6'1", plays the point guard position. I guess that's why he earned the nickname uh, Little Mini LeBron. Little Mini LeBron, yeah. I mean, yeah, so so what does Bledsoe really give the Bucks as far as their playoff contention chances? What do you think? I think it's huge. I think this is a huge pickup yeah. for Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. I mean, you bring in another guy who can score off the ball, a dude who can handle the ball. Uh, more more importantly than anything, I think Eric Bledsoe would be their answer to to stay on the floor while Giannis um, 
you got to rest the man at some point. But when you look at it, Giannis, when he's off the floor, the Milwaukee Bucks have an offensive rating of negative 18.6, which essentially ranks less, last in the NBA. But it's not only last, but the, the there's a huge gap between that rating and the team that's actually last. So the team that's actually last are the Lakers at a rating of negative 7. So you look at that <laughs> range, you're looking at a big gap there. Um, so the Milwaukee Bucks right now are struggling. They're not in, in the playoff picture. Um, the hope is that they do, and they and they made this move to try to bring somebody somebody in who can handle the ball, who can score. Um, he's not the greatest shooter, but essentially you already have Chris Middleton on that team alongside Malcolm Brogdon, and you're also crossing your fingers that Jabari Parker comes in also fully prepared to take on a scoring load. But I think this is looking good. I think, honestly, the way the Cavs are looking, the Wizards are playing, I would not be surprised if the Milwaukee Bucks at some point find themselves in the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. That's my bold statement, and I would not mm. be surprised if we see this come around. <laughs> I think it's going to take time. I think Eric Bledsoe will probably come off the bench for the first couple of games because I think Malcolm Brogdon is obviously pretty... He's pretty adjusted to the, what they're running there, but... Come February, come March, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are up there. Man, number one though. Did you really just say number one? That's my one? bold statement, and I, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, this team is good. Giannis is the MVP. Um, Eric Bledsoe is not a bad player. I think, I think he's definitely under he, this trade. Kind of ref- shows that he's kind of an undervalued asset in this league. And I think people have forgotten how good of a player he is. And he has experience playing alongside other ball-dominant players. Hence, um, Devin uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, just to name a few. Oh, no, Goran Dragic back in the Fe- once back in when the Phoenix Suns still had a respectable team. Yeah, so... But uh, no, number one is such a bold statement. It is. I do. I do agree that I think Eric Bledsoe makes this team better for sure. I mean, they lose Greg Monroe in return. That's like no, that's like nothing when you're looking at the big picture. But when you put them ahead of the Celtics, oh, I think when you put them ahead of the Wizards, yeah, I don't. I get... the Celtics are ten and two right now. Mm-hmm. They've won ten in a row. They did. Ah, uh, and you you really think that the Bucks could jump just because they get another guard in an already crowded uh, guard position where they have they have Snell, they have Brogdon, they have Jabari Parker coming back. I mean, I I just don't see it, man. I I think they'll be the third seed at best. Yeah, I mean, I just think Eric Bledsoe just adds something to to this team that's not really seen in the Eastern Conference. I mean, he's a dude who can guard that guard position. But more essential to anything is I think he solves this team's biggest weakness, which is essentially they're having a second scoring option. I think the way I think Jason Kidd is probably going to end up playing this is I think Giannis and Eric Bledsoe probably won't be on the floor together much outside of maybe to start games in the fourth quarter. I think Eric Bledsoe is going gonna, is gonna to stay there for longer periods of time to try to like try to make that bench that second unit a little bit stronger um and in, and in terms of the boston celtics i think i i i think they got a big losing streak coming to them um jason tatum what? just is out our harford is out through short periods of time due to concussion i think this team is riding a hot wave and i don't think it's gonna last very long and but the washington wizards <laughs> i do think the washington wizards are a good team but milwaukee i think they're surprising, man. I wouldn't be surprised if they're fighting for that number one number one seed at some point this season. You know what I think would be cool if when Jabari comes back, they do a lineup that's just Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Jabari Parker, Chris Middleton, and Giannis as like your starting five, and you just go super small. You have Giannis guarding the center, mm-hmm. but you also have him being the point guard on the other side. Oh, yeah. That is... That would be really fun. Yeah, that is... That is the lineup prepared for the modern NBA. That is a lineup that's ready to take on the Golden State Warriors. Unfortunately for them, they got to go through a whole process before they can even get there, before that even becomes conversation. But that looks like a very fun lineup. Uh, I'm excited to when they, they end up playing the Warriors in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to look up when that game would be, but hopefully there's no injuries. Like, I know tonight... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Durant sat against the Timberwolves. I would have liked to see him at full strength, but they're still handling the Timberwolves pretty handily at this moment. Yeah. So I, so I, 
I know I said that I think at one point they could be they could have that number one seed in the Eastern Conference this season. I also think I'll make another bold statement. I think I can see this team Uh-oh. in the Eastern Conference Finals, actually, whoever that may be again. Uh-huh. I don't know how far you see them going. Do you see them being a second-round exit? I mean, I'm inclined to... I'll, I will give them a small chance at making the Eastern Conference Finals because last year they made it to the second round, mm-hmm. and it was just the Giannis show. They didn't have a full-strength Chris Middleton. Uh, they still didn't have Jabari, obviously, and now you add Eric Bledsoe in there, too. I mean, that's a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that can score the ball, can average 20 points a game. Uh, I, I like their chances. Yeah. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how they fit Eric Bledsoe into their system. Uh, will he just replace Tony Snell in the starting lineup, and they'll just run it like that, or will he be like the sixth man off the bench? Yeah, that. Um, I don't know. That's going to be interesting. I do foresee them bringing Eric Bledsoe off the bench to begin and then eventually maybe moving him into the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he meshes in. But I got to think that when guys are this talented, I think they can find a way to to mesh in with their... And like I mentioned before, Eric Bledsoe has played with ball-dominant players like Chris Paul and Goran Dragic, and they made it work somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Giannis is like a selfish player. He passes the ball quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, his assist numbers are pretty good. Yeah. So in terms of the Suns, what, what grade do you would you give the Phoenix Suns on this trade? Mm, oh, like a C. Like a C. <laughs> Especially seeing the protections on that first round pick. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so situational, and it just I just don't see them getting it um, next year for sure. Eleven to sixteen, that would mean the Bucks would have to fall out of the playoffs. Yeah, for them to get that pick. Uh, Twenty nineteen, the same deal. So they're looking at a 2020 first rounder, which I don't know, maybe that 2020 class is going to be as good as the 2017 class is looking so far. But uh, yeah, that's so far ahead. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you want to, <laughs> yeah, you're basically crossing your fingers that an injury occurs to this team or something of that sorts. Um, what do you think? Do you think there's anybody outside of this, of the Suns and the Bucks that are actually a loser in terms of this trade going down? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, did you have anything in mind? Yeah, I did. I actually had the Cleveland Cavaliers and the and the Clippers as two big losers. I think. Oh, because you thought they had a chance to get it. Yeah. Him. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers could really use them right now. We're kind of reeling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of. I've always kind of surprised how there's teams that have a clear need for a player that don't end up getting in the team that does get this player. Or at least it's been a theme this season ends up to have given up very little for him oh yeah like maybe give him a pick give him greg monroe a guy that there's coming off the bench for them anyway like yeah i don't think the clippers had much to offer uh in terms of picks and assets uh we kind of went all in on the guys (laughs) that we got yeah so it would have been nice though definitely would have been nice yeah so moving on to in la there's a little bit of trouble Although this wasn't really, this didn't really garner as much noise as I thought it would have, but maybe it's because it's it was obvious. Luol Deng um, announcing that he's unhappy being an active player in Los Angeles. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, no surprise there. I mean, Luol Deng has yet to really see any, well, actually, he started a couple games at some point this this season. No. no? Has he? I thought he I did. Think so. mm- no, I'm pretty sure. No, we started the season with uh, Brandon Ingram. Okay. I thought, yeah, he's been starting the whole season. All right, but there were times where we did see Luol Deng. Because I, but he's getting like no playing time, right, at all. So this is surprising here. Um, I mean, it's not surprising that he's asking to be inactive, but it's surprising sort of how the Lakers have still hung on to him. I guess the trade market is really just that bad that they can't seem to find something that works to get rid of. Luol well, I mean, Deng. who's gonna pick up? Who's going to pick up an aging Luol Deng on four-year $72 million? That's Tim Hardaway Jr. money right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one's going to want to take on that contract. They're just um, – it's amazing that they were even able to get rid of that Mozgov contract that was even worse somehow. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I kind of feel for Luol Deng. Uh, he came in thinking that he was going to be a big part of this team in a big city, have another chance to prove himself and – he had a really bad year last year, and it's pretty unfortunate. But 
uh according to the article he put in a lot of work over the summer because he realized he's like hey i had a terrible season last Mm -hmm. last year i want to prove myself but he hasn't had the opportunity to uh similar to a guy jaleel okafor that's also looking for a trade right now um and yeah that's gotta suck like no one wants to just be the locker room guy. They want to contribute on the floor, you know, until they're maybe like, I don't know, in their like late 30s and they just feel like their best days are behind them. But I think Luol Deng still thinks he can play and uh, it's just too bad. Like the Lakers just want to go with their young guys and have them play together as much as possible. And that's just going to be the best route for them. And unfortunately, that doesn't include Luol Deng at all. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Luol Deng was a, a high quality player. I'm also someone of high character. And I think he could. There's still places where he could probably earn a significant amount of playing time. Unfortunately, the big obstacle is trying to get him to these places. And like you mentioned, yeah, this contract makes it a huge, a huge hoop to try to go through. Um, Yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any scenarios where he possibly could just be traded to tomorrow. No, yeah, I'm sure Rob Palinka's like... I can't think of one team that would pick up the phone and yeah. <laughs> talk to us about Gandalf all dang. Like, it's not an expiring contract. It's not a like not not a foundation player mm-hmm. that you're getting. It's just like it's a big risk for any team that would want to get him yeah. at this payroll. Like, yeah, I just don't see it happening. He might just get bought out. I think that would be the easiest solution to get off the Lakers. If they're willing to do that even, like I don't know what the Lakers' interest is in that solution, but that seems like the best-case scenario for the wall dang at this point. Yeah, I guess at this point you kind of just wait out for frustration to build more in the wall dang, and then you get you can get a better deal on the on a buyout situation possibly. Um, he probably he'd he'd be willing to settle for less in order to Do be. Do you feel out. like he can still contribute to a team? I think. I think the Indiana Pacers, the Chicago Bulls, can probably still use some of his services. I, uh, the Bulls don't want that. They're they're a dumpster fire, bro. They, yeah, <laughs> they're I trying mean, to lose. I don't I don't think like Luol Deng can like go to the K- Cleveland Cavaliers or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Warriors or any of these top tier teams and like contribute and sort of be like that veteran off the bench that some of these teams sometimes seem to get. Um, I think he he's he's better off going to a team that's on the fringes and of finishing last in this league and just contribute there in terms of veteran leadership. <laughs> Um, and playing 15 minutes yeah. a game. Yeah, if you want, if you want any playing time, yeah, you're just gonna have to be on a bad team and garbage time. Yeah, I, I think he can still do that. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, I mean, he's in. It's super sad. Yeah, he's like 33 years old. I think 34 at this point. I hit, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, his best playing days are, are over. I mean, I mean, a lot of his teammates at that point are too. When you look at who was on that 2010, uh, Chicago Bulls team, Derrick Rose is the only one that's still hanging around. Yeah, right. Like Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich. Like, I don't remember even when those guys left the league. Yeah, Carlos Boozer, Noah. None of these guys are here. Yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah. But in terms of Jahil Okafor, um, we, he's still on the Philadelphia 76ers. He actually got some playing time yesterday, a couple minutes, but he was there. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's still seeking a trade because I'm sure he wants to be a starter on a team to prove himself. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't really been any news of that uh, this last week. Uh, the Bulls and the Hawks look like they could be a good potential landing spots for him. Uh, they have the right assets for a trade um, that could land him. But, I mean, I don't know. That would kind of suck for him. Those are the bottom of the barrel easy <laughs> teams right there. Yeah, but... In terms of outside of basketball, though, there have been some some pretty juicy news yesterday. Leangelo Ball, or Lean, Lean, how do you say his name? Leangelo? Leangelo. Leangelo yeah, Ball and his two other UCLA teammates um, got caught shoplifting in China. Oh. What's going on here? Could potentially oh face some gosh. years in prison if convicted? This is so ridiculous. I can't believe that this is a real story. Yeah. Like... They could face three to ten years in prison for stealing from a Louis Vuitton store next to their hotel. My God. Like, how, how dumb. I mean, you're 18. You're, I know you're going to be like, you're not going to know how things work exactly. But, like, you have to know how dumb that really is. Yeah. Like, there's, ah, uh, 
And how do you think you're going to get away with it? You're like a six foot whatever, <laughs> like not Asian guy. <laughs> like, who's like everyone's staring at you, bro. How do you expect to get away with stealing something? Yeah. <laughs> like, at first. Like you stick out like a sore thumb in China. Yeah. My first reaction to this was maybe this was some sort of publicity stunt to promote this show. But the more it kept going, the more I realized, oh, shoot. Like this is actually like a real thing. Like this guy, he actually did shoplift. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of like when that swimmer um, went out to the swimmer who swam. Oh, what was his? Oh, Ryan Lochte. Ryan Lochte and his situation that he had in Brazil. Right. Yeah. And he's older than Leangelo Ball, so that was even worse, honestly. Yeah, I think some of these guys don't really realize like just how strict or just how over the top some of the laws can be in in some of these foreign countries. I mean, I think he probably thought like in the U.S. you you get shoplift, you get caught shoplifting for something small like that. You get banned from the store. The cops come, maybe they write a police report, and that's that's it. It ends there possibly if you don't have any other record. But right, I mean, some of these other countries like people take this stuff a little bit more serious. You get more than just a slap on the wrist. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, China's strict, and the American laws aren't going to protect you over there. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see. What kind of special treatment athletes can get when facing the justice system overseas? Like, China is a, they are huge basketball fans over there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much that's going to play into it. But when LeVar Ball was asked about it, he didn't seem very worried about it at all. <laughs> like, man, I, I honestly, I think maybe three years in prison might be good for him, you know? I don't know. Like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it might set him straight. Yeah, he'll learn to play tough in prison. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they have a basketball hoop in prison. He can still get some shots up. Yeah, what? Co- I guess he could just sit there and just shoot three pointers all day. Come, b- <laughs> come back. Be ready to shoot the three in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't even have to worry about going to school. <laughs> yeah, when Lonzo Ball was asked about it today uh, before the Celtic game, he said he just hadn't spoken to anybody from his family regarding it. So maybe the media media is just blowing this up, and it really isn't that big of a deal. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess we don't even know if they actually stole anything. Mm-hmm. They could just be suspects, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like he probably did something stupid. Yeah, I I got a gut feeling. <laughs> Not much happening now. The Lavar family is just kind of <laughs> getting beat up right now. Caught. Yeah, I guess I guess those three ball boys aren't gonna all be on the Lakers anytime soon if this conviction goes poorly. Yeah, this is all I gotta say is that this is not very big baller like. Big ballers do not shoplift. <laughs> big burglar brand. Yeah, big burglar brand. <laughs> so here we go. Some of the, now let's shift over to, to highlight some of the best performances of this week. One of them coming from the Western Player of the Week, James Harding, blow, going off for 56 points, 13 assists, 19 for 25 shooting against the Utah Jazz. Man, now I thought that was really impressive that he went 19 for 25 mm-hmm. shooting. Like, I know he's really good at driving, but he puts up threes with that, too. And, like, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to put up 25 shots and make that many of them, like, that is killer. Yeah, he's so smooth with it, too. Can't even really tell that he's doing it. He just pops up and it just floats on in there. Yeah, I mean, he definitely earned Western Conference Player of the Week last week. And, I mean, the, the Rockets are looking good as a whole. I mean, even without Chris Paul, I mean, they're making it work not having those extra depth pieces that they had last year that they traded for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all thanks to James Harden, man, putting up big numbers. Yeah, James Harden and Mike D'Antoni also, like, making these new guys fit in, sort of like P.J. Tucker and some of these other guys. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the Rockets even finish in the standings. They might even be able to get into that number two spot uh, behind the Warriors, I would think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of crazy. Let's see how that it all continues to play out. But somebody else is Christoph Porzingis, who's trying to will the New York Knicks into the playoffs this year. <laughs> right now, He's doing a good job. Yeah, right now they're sitting six in the East, so they're in position, although we still got a lot more basketball to play, but... He did go off for 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 blocks against the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, and here in Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week, too. Mm-hmm. Averaging 33.5 points per game and 3.3 blocks per game last week. Yeah. Uh, those are really impressive numbers. And I I think 
people weren't ready for how good he was going to be this year. Like, we all thought he'd take a step up being the guy on the team and Carlo Melo not being there. But, man, he just looks so polished mm-hmm. already at such a young age. Like, it's pretty unbelievable. And him being on my fantasy team is, is a nice little <laughs> bonus to that as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Christoph Porzingis is trying to make a case for him potentially being the best power forward in this league right now. Um Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I, he's like he's playing like he. That's the type of guy he wants to be. I mean, his biggest competition. What would what are we looking at? Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Anthony Davis is up there too. I mean, he's putting up big numbers too. Mm-hmm. But he like I don't think Anthony Davis would be winning the games that Kristaps is getting the Knicks to win. Mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't have thought the New York Knicks would have had a winning record at any point this season. The fact that they're six and five right now is almost a miracle. Yeah, they're getting a lot of production. I mean, it's, it starts with Christoph Porzingis, of course. Um, but they're getting production. It's it's sort of like having like a twinkle down effect to like Ennis Cantor, who's also who's been playing pretty solid for them. Uh, D- Doug McDermott. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Kristaps is making an MVP ballot for himself right now? Oh, I think so. Definitely. I mean, I don't know how long he can keep putting points like this, but. If we see a couple more forty point eight rebounds, um, performances like this, uh, yeah, I mean, how could you not put a guy like that in that conversation? So, give me your top three MVP candidates right now. Right now, I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. That's a hard one. I haven't. Oh, uh, it's kind of tough. I haven't. Put yeah, t- because we we haven't. I haven't prepared for that either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have not put too much thought into this. Um, but I gotta put Giannis there. I gotta put LeBron James yeah. there. And I got James Harden, so I still got Persingas looking outside of the top three. How could you not have LeBron? Okay. LeBron is essentially playing like the best player in the game right now. Uh, James, <laughs> despite all the losses, yeah, yeah, despite the losses, just off numbers alone. And you got to put Giannis there and James Harden. I mean, the first fifty-plus point performance of the season, you got to put it, keep him there yeah. as well. But I mean, if I had to choose a number four, I guess it's close right there. I mean. Christoph Porzingis is playing good. Yeah, you might have to put him at number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I'd almost agree with your list completely. Yeah. Uh, j- yeah, like Kristaps, man. Like, oh, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and on the other end, coming back to the West Coast, you got Damian Leonard with 36 points, 13 assists, and 15 for 15 from the free throw line against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um Man, people are just beating up on Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Damian Lillard, he beats up on a lot of guys, though. Yeah. Like, a lot of teams every week. And this performance, really, while it's really good, and it's the best one that he had of the week, like, he was putting up very similar numbers to that on a bunch of different nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's still putting up 30-point games, maybe a little less assists. But, man, he's balling out this year. I think he's proven all the haters wrong. Yeah proven all the all-star voters wrong like he he's on a mission this year i feel and he's looking in prime form this might be the best damian lillard we've seen ever i agree i agree he him and cj mccollum they look like they're they're ready to win some games and ready to get into the playoffs and try to make it make that push for the second round uh like they did a couple years ago when they when they hit that buzz when he hit that buzzer winner against the houston rockets yeah, and they beat the Clippers oh. in that tragic first oh, round. Oh, that's series. right. I, so they've been to the second round a couple times. Yeah. Oh, I did forget about that. But they they flamed out pretty quickly though when they got to that next level when they weren't fighting the scrub Clippers. <laughs> right. Um. I think if. But I mean. I was gonna say if he keeps putting up performances like this alongside that that rap record he released earlier this year, he might you <laughs> might have a good case to get some people to give him some votes for that starting spot. One of the most multi talented athletes out there, right? <laughs> so, but, dude, I think he might be the most clutch player in the league, though. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, he hit that. I forgot he also hit that clutch shot in this season already, right? Yeah, it was him against. Yeah, gosh, who was that against? Was it against the Lakers? Ooh. Yeah, it was against it was. the Lakers. Yeah. It was, yeah, because I remember yeah, K- KCP made that three that tied it mm-hmm. or put them up. And then, yeah, Damien just came down and just right in Brandon Ingram's just, like, juked him out, shot, like, a 35-footer. Right. And then he was, like, then pointed to his wrist is Dame time, Yeah, it's man. Dame time. Yes, <laughs> I do remember this. Yeah, it was against the Lakers, so. 
I wasn't even mad about it. I was just like, wow, that was a crazy shot. There's just some times where you see a guy when he dribbles up the ball or he catches it, like he they have such a calm demeanor about them that you just you kind of have that gut feeling instantly that, oh, that shot's gonna go in. And I just had that feeling with Damian Leonard. <laughs> I did too, yeah. I just I totally felt that I'm like, there's no way that shot goes in, but <laughs> I think it's going in. Like <laughs> Yeah. So insane. But yeah, yeah, moving on, uh, well, uh, on the flip side of things, we're going to go to the worst performances of the week, one of my favorite segments <laughs> we do on this podcast. Uh, there wasn't a lot of super bad ones like there normally has been the last two weeks, but yeah. uh, we got a couple a couple rookies really stinking it up. Cinderius <laughs> uh, Thornwell on the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of you probably haven't even heard of this guy, but he got in 12 minutes and zero for four shooting with four turnovers and three fouls versus the Miami Heat. <laughs> it's always funny yeah. to me, these guys who come, like, there's one thing to go 0 for 5, 0 for 4, like, oh, you know, bad yeah. shooting nights can it happen, it happens, but when you go turnover and then the multiple fouls in, <laughs> in like, less than 20 minutes, man, that's, God, how, how do you do Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, and Doc Rivers isn't known for playing these rookies, and Darius Thornwell's lucky that he's getting these minutes mm-hmm. and this is what he's doing with them sometimes i mean <laughs> oh, all he did was turn a ball over and foul people yeah. like i can i can literally do everything his stat line says he yeah. did <laughs> i've never heard of this guy either so th- if this, right. this might be his claim to fame here though yeah he was a second round pick for us and i mean he's Apparently he plays good defense, and that's why we play him. Mm-hmm. Like he actually comes in for like clutch defensive possessions, which I thought was interesting. Mm. But uh, sometimes he does this. <laughs> rookies, rookies will do what rookies do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then out of Utah is Donovan Mitchell, who actually picked up some fire shoot for, with shooting the ball. Um, but I mean, all things come to an end at points, and Donovan Mitchell's <laughs> hot shooting streak did come to an end when he went three for twenty-one, zero for oh. one from the free throw line in thirty-one minutes. Uh, why do you keep shooting so much? Yeah, this happens like every week. It's like, why do these guys keep shooting? <laughs> Pass the ball, man. You you got to know when it's not your night. Like when you're at like three for. 13 i'd say like you know like you should pass it like yeah. three for 17 like okay like definitely don't shoot it anymore but this man gets all the way up to 21 <laughs> shots oh my gosh i mean some guys He's so bold yeah there I, I i would be willing to bet there's a handful of nba players out there who have never even gotten the opportunity to shoot more than 15 shots in a game but <laughs> right <laughs> this rookie comes in guns blazing yeah but, I mean, it kind of speaks to sort of what Utah is struggling with right now. They just don't really have people who can shoot the ball. And Donovan Mitchell showed that he can he can make some shots for a couple games. So, you keep passing him the ball because, I mean, who else are you going to rely on? I mean, Ronnie Hood is also a really <laughs> yeah. streaky shooter. He's, he's probably open. Yeah. yeah. It, Ricky Rubio isn't really <laughs> known for being the best shooter out there. So, I mean, the stars just lined up for a performance like this to come from Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, this just speaks so much to how much they miss Gordon Hayward, too. It's like, this is what happens when he's not there, when they don't have the guy that you know to pass the ball to so he can create his own shot. Like, this is what you're going to get. This rookie is going to chuck him up until they go in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In his defense, he he had some good games. He's had some good games, but this was not one of them. (laughs) No, far from it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so talking about Gordon Hayward, though, the Boston Celtics are currently number one in the East, and they're one of our hot teams for this week. The Boston Celtics, who have won nine straight games after losing their first two. Uh, the f- Do we make that 10 now that they beat the oh, Lakers yeah. tonight? Change that number. That's 10 straight. They just beat <laughs> the Lakers despite not having Al Harford or Jason Tatum. Uh, this is a team that's playing hard, and they're making up despite them losing some pieces in their second best player or their best player, Gordon Hayward depends the way you look at it. Uh, this guy's, this team is playing lockdown defense and Kyrie Irving is scoring the ball, um, assisting. He's finding guys open. He's leading these dudes. He's doing everything that people thought he wouldn't be able to do when he was traded away from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, it's Cavaliers. really interesting. Like, yeah, now that it's his team and there's a lot of young guys on this team, he's felt the need, it seems, to up his defensive game Mm -hmm. and teach these guys like 
hey defense is where it all starts yeah like, if you we can get our defense down like this is how you win games in the nba and they're one of i think three teams right now that are uh their opponents are averaging less than 100 points a game on them yeah uh which is crazy because Kyrie was never the defensive guy on cleveland mm-hmm. and now like now that you've taken him away from cleveland He's on a team with the best defensive efficiency in the league, and the Cavs have the worst defensive efficiency in the league. And that's what you have to point to when you're like, what's the difference? You know, mm-hmm. Kyrie's out of there, and he could have been that linchpin, that linchpin to the whole Cavs system. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt when you lose Kyrie Irving, it's hard to fill that hole. Um, I mean, you try to fill it up with Isaiah Thomas at some point when he comes back, but yeah. I Kyrie Irving's out there doing everything. He's, I mean, he's an asset as being the be- one of the better ball handlers in this league. There's so many things you can do with a player like that. But I do see the Boston Celtics. I think they're gonna hit reality at some point, and I don't see them really maintaining that number one seed in the Eastern Conference for very for very long. I think the Wizards are gonna start catching fire, and I think this Eric Bledsoe trade is gonna do something for Milwaukee. I don't know when the Cavs of the the Cavaliers are going to get it being in attacking and <laughs> in, in position to, to, to get that number one seat. If they ever are at any point, we're, this we're waiting for them to do what we're everyone's expecting them to do. Everyone's getting a little nervous about the Cavs. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm rooting for them this season. So I am a little bit nervous. Like I mentioned in our other podcast last week, I don't think I'm, we might not see them even in the fifth in the fifth seed, maybe up until like mid December. I think it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And that I mean Isaiah Thomas should join the team at that point pretty soon, and then maybe we'll see a different Cavs team in 2018. But I mean, it's looking really good for Kyrie Irving right now. He's getting everything he wanted. His team is way better than LeBron's team. He's the leader, mm-hmm. the clear leader. And, you know, he's not even putting up amazing numbers on a nightly basis like we thought he would. Mm-hmm. He's just being the captain and helping out all these young guys, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Like, they're playing fantastic basketball right now. Yeah, Marcus playing Smart. Like, playing like veterans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus Smart, too. Yeah. 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 How long do you see this streak lasting for these guys? I honestly think this is going to be a team that wins 55 games this season. I don't I don't see it really slowing down for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that'd be interesting. Let's see how they... Um, so they're going to be with uh, Al Harford for a couple games. Um, Jason Tatum, it's still to be seen. So this winning streak might come to an end pretty soon. Uh, but in terms of, like, overall wins, I um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of not... You give them 50? I'll give them 50. I'll give them 50. Yeah. You gotta give them fifty. They're already a court. They're already twenty percent of the way there. Yeah, I'll give them fifty. Considering, I mean, there's a lot of weak teams in the East that they can they can just steal games from despite like travel despite the travel. Um. Yeah. No, that's what I'm thinking too. It's like they're gonna play mostly East teams. Yeah. You know? Like, and they're they're already off this hot start. They're gonna they're gonna win fifty five games. Okay, I'll give him fifty. I'll give him fifty. I have, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go as far as saying fifty-five, but I'll give him fifty. Okay, I can make a bet with you on that, but we'll 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 mull it over. All right, all right. <laughs> so next up, we got the New York Knicks. Um, riding on the back of uh, the unicorn, Christoph Porzingis. After starting zero and three, they've now won six of their last seven. Um. What a team, man. Nobody saw that. I didn't see this yeah. coming. I thought they were going to start. When I saw them start 0-3, I thought they were going to win a game here and there. And I thought at this point they might they might have three wins. But them to actually have the number that they do, I'm impressed. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I like I said earlier in the podcast, I did not expect the Knicks to have a winning record at any point in this season. And here they stand at 6-5. and five. They were 6-4. and four. Perzingis was hurt i think for the last game mm-hmm. i didn't see him in the box score um i didn't look too much into that yet uh did you see anything about that is it a pretty serious injury uh i think he's there um maybe he just sat out that game i'm not too sure i haven't really watched too many of their their more recent games yeah i just saw a big goose egg in my fantasy lineup didn't really know why <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah hopefully it's not too serious because i mean when he's in it seems like they have a chance to win any game yeah and it looks like frank Nilakina is starting to come along i mean he's still coming off the bench obviously they're 
working him into the system, and he's been playing really well for them. And, I mean, man, I hate to say it, but it seems like Phil Jackson drafted pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it was only just a matter of patience. Um, but Christoph Porzingis, here's an interesting stat. He's the first Nick with 300 points through 10 games. Maybe this stat's wow. a little reaching, but hey. Hey, I don't I don't think so, honestly. Nope. I don't think that's reaching. <laughs> I, it's dude, he's the real deal. Yeah. Freaking seven foot three monster, dude, that can score from anywhere. I yeah. He deserves all the credit. Yeah, I guess he's on pace for what, sixteen hundred yeah. points? A little bit over sixteen hundred <laughs> points at the end of the season. Yeah, man, that would be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, he could end up being the scoring leader at that rate. Yeah. That'd be crazy, but but what do you th- go? What do you think? Is this a playoff team? Man, it's hard to say. I I want to say I want to say no, but then I think back to uh, 2006 when the Lakers, when it was just basically Kobe and a bunch of dudes that were borderline daily. Smush Parker. Yeah, Smush Parker, Chris <laughs> Mim, uh, Luke Walton before he figured out how to play <laughs> basketball. Mim. Yeah, and I mean Kobe oh got that God. team to to the eighth seed to the seventh seed. And considering how bad that Eastern Conference potentially is, I I don't see why not. I mean, if Christopher Zingas keeps has a handful of games where he scores over forty points, hey, he might potentially carry this team to the playoffs. I mean, they're not gonna get any further than that. Like I'm, they might get swept or they might win <laughs> one or two games, but that's as I, I I see no reason why they probably can't go that far. Man, my mind's just stuck on Chris Mim right now. <laughs> I can't believe you dug that name out of the grave. <laughs> I mean, think back. There have been some terrible teams that are led by just one, by a top five player in the league that somehow get to the playoffs. I mean, you could even go to the Yep. I don't think yep. the Oklahoma City Thunder were that bad last year. But, I mean, Russell Westbrook carried them all the way to a sixth seed. Uh, True. <laughs> I don't see... I, they had the Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week, Victor Odalipo. <laughs> that is true. He was on that Thunder team, at least. Yeah. Smush Parker wasn't winning Western Conference Player of the Week. No. <laughs> <laughs> the closest guy to winning... Chris Mim definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe Lamar Odom would have been the closest, but this is back when Lamar Odom yeah. was not the Lamar Odom that won the Sixth Man of the Year. No. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah, I I think the Knicks will sneak into that eighth seed. I think they will make the playoffs. Yeah, um, just the way the East shaking out right now, uh, I see the Pistons and the Magic dropping a little bit. And as long as Porzingis stays healthy, that's I mean that's of course what it depends on. Mm-hmm. I, I see them finishing as like a five hundred team. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they can definitely get to five hundred. Whether or not that that's a playoff seed. It's going to depend on the Philadelphia 76ers, the Charlotte Hornets, um, some of these other teams, yeah. see how they do. It, it's Yeah, speaking of which, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, also on a similar run to the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. uh, they started off the season on a losing streak, but they've turned it around completely, are now above 500 at 6-4. and four. Uh, That's good for fifth in the East right now. Ben Simmons is just incredible. Oh man, mm-hmm. yeah. There, Joel Embiid is still healthy somehow through <laughs> through ten games, so we'll see if he can keep that up, and maybe Markel Fultz can actually start shooting the ball <laughs> correctly. Yeah, and who knows what this team could do? Yeah, and I mean, let's see what kind of trade piece they get back from with from Jahil Okafor if they do end up getting a valuable trade asset. I'd imagine they're gonna try to. I mean, why why would you give up a quality player like him for essentially nothing? So this team could right. this team could only be could is probably going to see that some of their better days a little bit further along in the season. Um, but here's a, here's an interesting thing. So the last time this team was on a five game winning streak was in 2011 and 2012, um, and that win oh, streak man. started when they beat the the Warriors 107 to 79. Oh wow! And that was a. I mean, that wasn't that. That wasn't was that difficult to do back then. I don't think it was. No, it wasn't. This is so. This <laughs> is a Warriors team that was pre Draymond Green, pre Clay Thompson. This was the team yeah. that had Steph Curry uh, still paired up with Monte Ellis, and Monte Ellis ah. was actually sitting out that game. So a young oh. Steph Curry and his Warriors got beat up by the Philadelphia 76ers, who then went on to go on a five game win streak, and. Little did they know wow. that they would not do that again until 2017. Dang. 
Who was even on that Sixers team back then? I can't. Uh, I can't. Andre was he Andre Iguodala there back then? Andre Iguodala was on that team. Was Allen Iverson still playing? I don't think. I think he was still playing, but I don't think he was on the seventy. No, he was. He must have not. Been no, there playing. was a time where 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 it was AI and AI on the same team. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, right before towards the end of his career, he re-signed with the Seventy Sixers. I think he might have yeah. been on that roster. Yeah. Man, I'll have to look that up after the podcast, but. Yeah, I mean that team was pretty decent. Like that was Andre Iguodala's prime, man. Yeah. Like he was putting up numbers back then. Yeah, but now you got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid putting up numbers. But uh, back then, try to guess what how old Ben Simmons was the last time they were on this five game win streak. Oh, okay. Well, he's got to be like twelve. <laughs> yeah, he was around thirteen years old. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they did, he had no idea that he'd be the next one doing that five-game winning streak. Yeah, but the way the 76ers are playing right now, Ben Simmons looks to just be running away with that rookie of the year. Uh, nothing, Nobody really even close. Oh, it's, yeah, Lonzo's not even close, man. I'm, I hate to say oh. it, but it's no contest. I don't even think it's between him and Lonzo, honestly. Lonzo is far from that conversation. This is between him and yeah, it, Donovan Mitchell. Uh De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or not even those guys. Like, I don't know. Make Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. I would say. I mean, he's he's had some decent games. Uh, yeah, definitely not Sundarius Thornwell. <laughs> that's for sure. It makes it hard to have <laughs> to have this discussion just because Ben Simmons is just on a, is so much further ahead than a lot of these guys in terms of the numbers he's putting yeah. up, the effect, the efficient way that he's putting them up, the way he just does it as well when you're just watching it um, live on TV. If he's able to develop a 20-foot jump shot like Blake Griffin has, he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. Like, Because his driving ability is amazing right now. His passing ability is incredible. But, man, if that he can shoot, like you're not going to be able to guard him. You're not going to know what he's going to do against you because he can do it all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> scary to think about now let's look at some of the teams right now that are not doing as hot as ben simmons is playing right now do we have to yeah these are teams that are that are literally standing on top of sinkholes and they're slowly falling in but only they can rescue themselves we're looking at the la clippers who started four and oh and have now gone five and five um this is a team that i was really surprised when they started and i was really excited and I mean, I have Blake Griffin on my fantasy team, and Blake Griffin's been playing consistent, and I looked back, and and I found the same thing. Like, yeah, despite them losing, Blake Griffin's playing consistent. It's The Clippers are just dropping games. It's really outside of that. Uh, role players just can't aren't defending. Um, I don't know, Sean. Yeah, so what's going on here? A big difference, like our first four games, I mean, two differences. One, our first four games are against pretty easy opponents. Outside the Blazers, where we had Blake Griffin had to get a game-winning three-pointer to win that mm-hmm. game, that was like an easy schedule, and we started playing teams that were decent, and we're kind of showing our true colors now. <laughs> I mean, Bla- Blake Griffin's still dominant, but our defense is just atrocious right now. Like it, which is insane to me because we have DeAndre Jordan down low. Like we shouldn't be giving up all these points, but. When I look at our perimeter defense, like Austin Rivers might as well not be there. <laughs> and I wish he wasn't. But he's just he just looked completely lost on defense. Like Lou Williams isn't gonna play defense for you. I, we have Pat Beverly out there, but he's just not really performing like he did to start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just a hard it's just a rough patch for us and we gotta find a way to right the ship because I feel like this can be a forty five win team. Yeah. Uh so I don't know. It's it's really sad. Like that back to back last weekend against the Grizzlies in the Heat. Like I thought we'd take at least one of those games, and we almost came back against. Uh, was it the Grizzlies that we almost came back against? No, it was the Heat. We almost got blown out by them. <laughs> but like I don't know. It's just sad to watch. Yeah, I sense that Doc Rivers might be sweating a little bit if this Clippers team con- continues to to fall. I mean, Doc Rivers might might be seeing the end of his days there. You think you think Steve yeah, Ballmer will pull that I've trigger? Never, uh, no, I don't think he will. But I honestly think that might be the right thing. I've always kind of questioned his coaching style. Mm-hmm. 
especially the amount of minutes he gives to his son. Yeah. <laughs> that alone is just like, man, he's not that good. Just stop playing him so much. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's sad to talk about. We should have gotten Eric Bledsoe, man. <laughs> we should have gotten Eric Bledsoe. That would have helped so much. Yeah, I mean, the way you're playing Austin Rivers, maybe you could have increased his value a little bit. Package Austin Rivers with some picks. I don't really, I guess maybe. You know who I think we need to get more minutes for? We need to get more minutes for Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. Whenever I see that guy play, man, that guy plays with some energy. And he's a he's a banger down low, too. Yeah, I mean, he was one of those guys that was a big spark up the, off the bench for the Rockets. Um, He seemed like a good yeah, we asset give him to no minutes. We give him to, yeah, we give him to Darius Thornwell and, like, Willie Reed. Like, Come on, give give the guy with some energy, some playing time. You know, like we need some sort of spark. Yeah, I think the the L.A. Clippers really should. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised they're not. I mean, I'm surprised that they're not sort of taking a little bit more pride in their defense, considering losing Chris Paul, you you lost a huge offensive weapon. So I think you try to make that up by just putting a little bit more effort on the defensive end and try to beat up on some of these teams. I mean, take a page out of the Memphis Grizzlies book, maybe. <laughs> yeah no we definitely should mm-hmm. yeah moving on to uh yeah thankfully moving on <laughs> to the milwaukee bucks who have lost their last four games surprisingly um seemingly for no reason that seemed like they were playing fine uh was it just a rough patch in the schedule or what do you think um i think it goes back to sort of one of the points that i made earlier is this team does a good job of coming out hard coming out strong and getting leads but once you get into the midway into the second quarter um midway into the third quarter when Giannis has to sit down this team just falls apart there's no one there that can create um and they give up leads and that's where teams come back and then they end up it becomes too much of a hole for them to make up closing into the fourth quarter um so they they're losing and I think Eric this trade with Eric Bledsoe comes at a perfect time for them because this is the type of weapon that they need somebody else who can create who can create their own shot, someone else who can disrupt the defense and swing the ball out to one of the many shoot guard shooters that they have on that roster. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I think their worst days are behind them though. With this Eric Bledsoe trade, like things are looking really bright for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we'll see this losing streak last much longer at all. I think it'll probably end in the next game, honestly, if that Eric Bledsoe plays in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have the Thunder, who have lost three in a row. Yeah. Uh, they lost to the Kings after... So I saw the first quarter of that box score. The Thunder were up 25-10. to 10, Yeah. And they gave it up completely after that, and the Kings ended up beating them. Buddy Heald ended up beating them. Buddy Heald was trending right, on Twitter for a while there. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that means so much. Man, I just could not believe it. This guy was lighting up the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, this yeah. is a team that we thought was going to kill it on the offensive end. But up to this point, they're actually rated 22nd in offensive rating. So they're struggling right now in protecting the ball. They got a lot of turnovers, um, a lot of missed shots. There's really not much flow. But, I mean, I I think we haven't purposely brought them up on this podcast a lot because I think it's it, I think it seems to be more of a chemistry thing. And I think these guys just need to get a better flow and a better better sync up with each other a little bit more um it almost seems like they're being almost too passive towards one another like they're afraid to step on each other's toes yeah interesting that's an interesting point i could definitely see that being the case well maybe for paul george and mellow but westbrook's never worried about stepping on toes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, he got a he got a freaking offensive flagrant foul the other day right like i've never seen that before but yeah i think they're, they might honestly be struggling with the lack of big men outside of Steven Adams. Yeah. Like, you gave away Cantor. You gave away Sabonis. Um, like, who, who's behind Adams that's going to protect the paint, you know? Yeah. Like, they just have Mellow, George, and Westbrook, and that's it. Like, their bench is pretty shallow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This might this might be a weakness that they need to figure out uh, how to have at least one of those guys on the floor at all times or maybe two on the floor at all times. Like, I don't know. It'll be tough for them to figure out, but I think they'll definitely have a winning record this year Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, their best weapon off the bench is Patrick Patterson, who hasn't really been playing all that well. I used, he was a pretty good spark off the bench in Toronto, but with Oklahoma city, he's 
sort of been a little bit more disappointing. Alex Abrinas. I mean, Alex Abrinas, solid player, but definitely not a guy who's going to win you games, especially for large portions of time when, when your star players sit down. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. That's a huge hole they have to fill. I think maybe they're a good potential suitor for buy, for signing Greg Monroe if he does get bought, bought out. Oh, dude, what if they got Jaleel Okafor? Or Jaleel Okafor. Oh, that might be good. Man, I don't know how I much. I see that. Ooh. Ooh, I like that thought now. I, I like that. I want to see it happen. Yeah, I don't know how much Sam Presti still got in his his magic Dude, hat how many more magic tricks he Presti. can pull off that would be <laughs> don't huge you doubt him he could do it oh man that would be huge and they wouldn't have to give up much for him though because it's not like the sixes are gonna be asking for much i just don't Dude, i would try it oh if they get if they got jahil okafor for like alex abrinas and patrick patterson <laughs> or nick yeah, Collison, yeah like or just like patrick patterson and like a pick oh you know like Something stupid. Yeah, that would be ridiculous, but, I mean, it did be a great fit. I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder are definitely in need of a big man to come off the bench or a big man to start uh, alongside Steven Adams. So, yeah, that would yeah. be huge. But moving on to, I, I would love it. to some of our steady swimmers. Some, some people, <laughs> steady swimmers. Yeah, some people are swimming fast, some are sinking, and some are just staying put. Um, and, a little, and they're surprising. I mean, you got the Orlando Magic, the Pistons, and the Memphis. They're still hovering right there on the top tier, the top tier end of the, the conference. Magic right now, third in pace, second in offensive rating, 12th in defensive rating, rating as well. Um, Aaron Gordon is playing really well. You got uh, Nurk, what's his name? Vucevic playing like one of the... Vucevic, yeah, yeah. Playing like one of the top centers in the league. And I made note of this is... Um, Aaron Gordon, to my eyes, is essentially right now playing the pl- is playing like the player that I think Blake Griffin wants to be. And what I mean by that is Aaron Gordon is is sort of like that stretch four who's shooting who's currently right now shooting fifty five percent from three while also averaging nine rebounds and nineteen points. Sort of like that. Eth- That's pretty good. Yeah, that burst. Vers- I mean, saying he's trying to be the player Blake Griffin's trying to be. I don't know what that means. Oh, what Blake Griffin's way better than Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Except for the three pointers. Yeah, that's I th- and I think Blake Griffin is trying is trying to be that player. I think he's trying to be that that more efficient three point shooting stretch four. Um, and Eric Gordon right now is being really not that Blake Griffin isn't playing it good, but I think Aaron Gordon is um a lot more successful shooting than the Blake Griffin is right now up to this point this season. But Eric Gordon is definitely that that athletic four who's attacking and can also shoot that three. And it's contributing a lot to this team's wins. Yeah, I mean, the Pistons, they're looking impressive too. Sitting at 8-3, and three, having the third hardest schedule, mm-hmm. according to something. <laughs> I don't know what. But <laughs> yeah, So ESPN actually rates um, the difficulty of people's schedules based on records. Um, and the Pistons were right up there with the third hardest schedule. And they have a winning record up to this point. A lot of that attributed to Reggie Jackson shooting a lot more efficiently, um, bringing in Avery Bradley, getting rid of a lot of mid-range shooters like Caldwell Poe, uh, Markeith Morris, and and teaching Tobias Harris how to shoot from three as well. So that's contributed. And Andre Drummond as well, yeah. even though Joel Embiid called him out on defense. Andre Drummond's <laughs> actually been upping his game. His field goal percentage is up. And surprisingly, he is actually shooting 70% from the free throw line. What? He's still shooting that well? Yeah. Wow, like that that's extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that maintains, but I'm impressed. Yeah, like eighth of the way through the season, 70%. Like, dude, clap, clap, clap. That's yeah. great. Who would have known that just a, a 20 percentage points on your free throw percentage would have equaled out to what? They're on pace to what? Get 25, 30 more wins than they did last year? Yeah, I mean, what were they finished as like a 500 team last year? Were they roughly a little bit under? I, they're like I think they were like forty and forty-two or something mm-hmm. like that. I want to say. Yeah, they were hovering hovering yeah. around there. Yeah, who would have thought? Like, yeah, Tobias Harris just improves a ton. You bring in Avery Bradley, mm-hmm. and that's that's really it. Like the rest of their team's pretty pretty much the same. Yeah, it is. Uh, Reggie Jackson's, like I said, a lot more efficient now. But Memphis, yeah. who would have thought Memphis 
is still there. Memphis. We we doubted Memphis. We doubted Coach Fisdale and Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol, and I just feel silly. Yeah. I didn't want we to doubt them, it. though. I didn't want to doubt them. I I love the Memphis Grizzlies. I love the way they play, and I didn't want to doubt them, but I did nonetheless, and here they are proving me wrong, at least up to this point. Um, right now, so far, yeah. Setting fourth in the Western Conference with a 7-4 and four record. I mean, can you name anybody? Can you name any of the ro- the starters on this team? The starters? I was going to say Chandler Parsons because <laughs> of the memes. Yeah. But starters, starters. Uh, <laughs> oh, James Ennis, James. the third. I picked him up for a week in fantasy. Yeah, you got James Ennis, the third. You got Andrew Harrison, <laughs> Dylan Brooks. I mean, you got a lot. I've of... never heard of Dylan Brooks. I've never heard of that name before. <laughs> exactly, but Dylan Brooks is actually one is actually like becoming their second Tony Allen. This guy, he, I mean, when you look at the box score, he's essentially not putting anything impressive, but just the way he plays is a guy with high energy, um, locking down people and helping Memphis secure some wins, getting some late game steals here and there. Uh, but also, Tyreek Evans is trying to revitalize his NBA career, averaging. 19 points on 40% shooting from three to help Memphis have one of the strongest benches in the NBA right now. Yeah, and that that's a strong case to be sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. That's quite the resurgence for Tyreek Evans. And when I was watching that game, uh, the Grizzlies versus the Clippers, I was like, man, I thought our bench was pretty deep and pretty good, but Memphis is just crushing us on the bench points. Mm-hmm. Like Mario Chalmers, Tyreek Evans, even Chandler Parsons was getting in there. Yeah. Like they they've got a deep, committed team with a lot of solid guys on it. I think, and there's a lot to be said for the amount of veterans that they put on that team. Yeah, uh, Mario Chalmers is also playing not too bad. And he's coming back from a. I think he tore his his ACL last year. Yeah, I, I tore something. I forget. Yeah, but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, well, not surprisingly, that the second, the highest, or the second highest paid guy on this team, Chandler Parsons, is actually not the biggest reason they're winning. It's actually some of these other <laughs> no-name dudes. But yeah, yeah, man. but it is good to see Chandler Parsons actually playing decently. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's actually contributing this year, which I think Grizzlies fans are elated to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, how long do you think these teams stay afloat, Sean? Do you see any of them beginning to struggle <sighs> a little bit while they're swimming? Man. So I, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are now a playoff team in my mind. But the Magic and Pistons are still shaky for me. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't have the star power. Me- Memphis has Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. They do. And those two players are better than anyone on the Magic or the Pistons. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving the Magic and the Pistons the nod yet. They are in the East, though. Mm-hmm. They have that going for them. But, yeah, not comfortable putting them in the playoffs yet. Wow. Yeah, I I gotta say, I gotta say, I kind I'm starting to fall for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Vucevic oh, is no. playing good. <laughs> Evan Fournier is making some shots. Aaron Gordon. I don't see Aaron Gordon maintaining this three three no three point shooting percentage. Yeah. No way. Um, no. But they are in the East. I gotta say, right now, I think Memphis and Magic are are gonna stay afloat uh, for a little bit longer. And the Pistons, I think it's really only a matter of time. I think they're gonna, they're gonna lose some games. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. They're just playing so well, and yeah, I just I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, but let's see. Who do we give the rising or the little rising star stamp to this week? <laughs> I think the rising star of the Dwight Chocolate Podcast this week goes to our boy Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kuzma putting in a double double in his first two starts since Larry Nance Jr. got injured. Yeah. A uh, little bit of a step back against the Celtics tonight. Didn't get his third double double in a row, but he's really stepped into the spotlight well and I mean he's super motivated and man, he's looking really good. Yeah, he's playing he's essentially the best rookie on the Laker team. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people had that feeling in the back of their heads, but like wanted to still buy into the Lonzo hype. But yeah, Kyle Kuzma proving that he is indeed the steal of the draft so far. Yeah. Um, and I put down that he really is the only bright spot right now in what is the league's third worst, third worst rated offense in the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma has been pretty consistent scoring over 10 points, um, doing it efficiently. He, goes out there and he hustles and he tries to get this team some wins stealing a starting spot from 
that would have probably gone to Julius Randle had he not been there. Um, yeah, or Luol Deng even, the yeah. veteran, not getting that starting position. I thought I thought Luol Deng might get more playing time with Larry Nance getting injured, but it all just went to Kuzma, and Walton's just willing to give him the reins. And I don't know. I, I see Kuzma becoming a really good player in the next few years. I agree. Um, he's good. I mean, he plays with energy. He can shoot, and apparently people speak really highly of his work ethic as well. Yeah, I like it. I like everything I see about Kuzma. Every time I'm watching a game, every time he puts up a shot, I'm like, Kuz! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. But to close it off here, close off the podcast, one final thought. Let's talk about um, his teammate on the other end, LeVar Ball, trying to speak Lonzo's shop back into existence. Basically saying, How's that working for him? <laughs> basically coming out and saying that uh, he's blaming Luke Walton for Lonzo Ball not shooting well, especially in the fourth quarter, saying how's he supposed to shoot well when he's not playing the whole fourth quarter? He's not getting into the flow of the game. I'm not sure I can agree with That's that. That's not <laughs> how that works. <laughs> yeah, there's no sense <laughs> there. Lonzo Ball's getting more, really more minutes outside of Ben Simmons than any other Rick rookie in the league right now. Um, I've been watching right. a lot of these games. Lonzo Ball is missing wide open layups. Uh, he's missing wide open threes. He's mi- he's pulling up sometimes with a lot of space at mid range as well. They're just not going in. Has he even gotten over ten points in a game outside of that Phoenix Suns game where he got twenty nine? Oh no, he he did. Um, yeah, he did. What game was that against? But he has, he has. Okay, but. But, like, I feel like most of the time his stat line is, like, seven points and eight assists. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, the eight <laughs> assists and six rebounds, like, there's a lot of people who can get those if they play the minutes that he does. So I think the shooting is a huge right. problem for the Lakers. Um, one example tonight against the Boston Celtics, he missed two layups in the fourth quarter that would have would have brought oh. that game a little bit closer. Uh, he misses those. The Celtics score on the other end. Um, and just like that, the game gets away from you. So right now, Lonzo Ball is shooting 29.9% from the field, which ranks last Oof. among rookies who average at least two shots per game and at least 20 minutes per game. So anybody wow. who gets any relevant playing time, uh, Lonzo Ball is ranked dead last among them. And worse, at 23.4 three-point shooting. Um, up to this <laughs> point, he's 11 for 47 from three. So... Not looking too good. But the Lakers are winning games. Somehow. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it almost makes me think, like, I, I feel like they could have stolen one or two games there if Lonzo, some of those shots that Lonzo Ball was getting had gone in. I mean, there was a lot of points, like I said, that the Lakers were picking up momentum. Lonzo sh- misses shots that looked like they should have gone in. Um team scores on the other end kills your momentum and all of a sudden the game gets away from you yeah man he'll gotta put in those practice he can't rely on his dad speaking his shot into existence he's gotta get into that gym and work on that yeah boys gotta shoot man you gotta get into that gym your dad can't speak your shot (laughs) back into existence not this time (laughs) not this time yeah well thanks everybody for tuning in Uh, Don't forget to like or subscribe and check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play as well. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.